Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Welcome to Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3. My name is Tony. And my name is Jazz, and thanks for joining us this evening. Do you know anyone who is ace? Have you ever heard the term before? Tonight, we are looking at part of the LGBTQIAP plus rainbow community, or as we just say, the rainbow, because it's a bit less of a mouthful. A section of the community that is as diverse and varied as it is misunderstood. Yep, tonight we are talking about ace or asexuality, the A in the rainbow. And you might not have heard about anyone being ace before, but they are out there, with over 70 million people worldwide having this identity. Tonight, we are going to be talking with a representative from Australian Asexuals about what exactly the asexuality spectrum is and the difference between sexual and romantic attraction. We're also going to be talking about ace visibility in the media, ace characters in TV and the work being done to support this part of our community. Plus, we're going to find out about Asexual Awareness Week. If you'd like to join the conversation this evening and get involved with tonight's program, just send us a text message to the Bay FM dedicated SMS line 0468 861003 with any questions or comments you might have for us. That number again, 0468 861003. And the topic of asexuality falls firmly in the rainbow conversations field because it's the A in the rainbow initialism, which sometimes gets abbreviated to LGBT, and that's fine, but we like to include everyone Mm -hmm. here, and the modern term is LGBTQIAP+. And it is worth pointing out that someone can be asexual, but heteroromantic, and are very welcome in the rainbow community. And there's a few different variations there that we are going to be talking about later in the program. We are going to be joined by Kate Wood from the Australian Asexuals uh, shortly. But before we get into that, I think it might be time we go over some of the terms we're using tonight, just so you have a ground level of what the conversation is about. Well, it is a lot of new words. And I know some people find the full initialism overwhelming. And there's a lot of new terms tonight. So let's just run through them. Asexual is a sexual orientation that includes anyone who does not or rarely experiences sexual attraction. And the term ace is just an abbreviated term for asexual. Allosexuality, A-L-L-O, is an umbrella term for sexual orientations where someone experiences sexual attraction, like heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, pansexual, omnisexual. It's the opposite of asexual. A romantic is not or very rarely experiencing romantic attraction and is a totally different thing to asexuality. We will come up tonight in the conversation, I'm sure. But it's under the same umbrella. There's overlaps, mm. but they are they, or they can be, but yeah. And some people can be aromantic and asexual. Mm-hmm. So another term is aphobia. 
That is the discrimination against asexual people, also known as acephobia. It encompasses a range of negative attitudes, behaviours and feelings towards asexual people or people who identify as part as the asexual spectrum. Demisexual, that means that the person does not feel sexual attraction unless they have first established a strong emotional connection with someone. And there's grey sexual or grey ace, that means the person does not normally experience sexual attractions but may experience it rarely. The experience is so rare that they prefer to identify as grey ace of any other orientation. It would also be a good time to talk a little bit about what asexuality isn't. Asexuality is not celibacy. It's not a choice to abstain from sex. It's all about the lack of attraction. And we're talking about it's about tr- attraction not the act of sex it's different for romantic attraction and sexual orient sexual attraction and being asexual doesn't mean that you can't love someone it doesn't mean you don't want to be close get married or have kids it's purely a description of who you are attracted to sexually and also it's not erotophobia which is the fear of sex mm-hmm. these people aren't afraid of sex they're just not overly interested in it But let's rewind the clock. What about the time before the internet? How did people find out about asexuality? How did they find out it was a thing and that they could identify that way before you could just jump on the internet and Google it? The concept has been written about since the late 1800s, but the visibility was basically missing until very recent times. And even today is really not understood enough. And that even includes inside the rainbow community. There's still misinformation about asexuality. Definitely. So if you you know think about the people who could have been confirmed bachelors or other people who have chosen not to be in relationships could have actually been asexual in a time when you couldn't talk about that and the language wasn't there to express being asexual. Luckily, we've moved past that point as a society and we're becoming aware and embracing the diversity of the human race. Which is a beautiful thing. It is. And don't forget, if you need any clarification on terms, if you have any comments, any questions, and it's already lighting up, the SMS line is 0468861003. You can remain anonymous if you wish with your questions and comments. That number again is 04-6886-1003. We're going to have a quick song break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Kate Wood from Australian Asexuals with Searchlight Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3, the heart and the soul of the Bay. You're listening to Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. This is Searchlight Rainbow Conversations for our conversation on asexuality and what it means to be ace. No, we're joined now by Kate Wood from Australian Asexuals. Thanks for joining us, Kate. Hi. Now, Kate, <laughs> we start with um, most of our guests here on Searchlight asking the question, how do you identify? Would you like to answer that one for us? Sure. Uh, I identify as asexual and as biromantic, which means that uh, I don't experience 
sexual attraction, uh, but I experience attraction romantically towards women and men and theoretically non-binary people. Right. So it's almost um, because there's so many different subgenres in under the asexual banner and biromantic and panromantic are, are often interchangeable. Yeah. Australia asexuals, let's just start with, let's talk about the amazing work that you guys do. What do you actually do at Australia Asexuals? Well, um, we have a number of different uh, functions that we do. We're the only national organisation that represents the interests of uh, asexuals in Australia. Uh, So that includes um, uh, education, uh, we do a number of like educational talks, things like that. Uh, do things like I'm doing right now and just talking, <laughs> talking to people on the radio. Uh, we do um, just raising general awareness, uh, doing things like marching in Mardi Gras, which I guess is also about um, building community and just getting asexual people in Australia uh, together and. Um, giving them a sense of community and not feeling alone. We operate online a lot because uh, for a lot of asexual people, they it is quite rare, so they often don't know anybody else who's asexual, so their first time they actually meet another asexual person is when they meet them online. So uh, we do have a strong presence uh, online. And we also do research. Uh, I'm the Director of Research for Australian Asexuals, so... I'm, at the moment, I'm working on our, our latest work, which is looking into uh, violence, uh, discrimination, hate crime, that kind of thing, studying um, the experiences that asexual people all over the world have had with those kinds of experience. Yeah. So we kind of cover all of those different possible bases. That's, <laughs> a, that's a big umbrella of um, work to be done. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot, especially for, uh, you know, a group that's all just people volunteering in their spare time. Well, yes, I can relate to that because the entire radio station is all run by volunteers. So um, we do love a volunteer. Now, I guess a very burning question, very important to get your words on what, how would you define asexuality? Uh, Asexuality uh, is... Little to no sexual attraction. Uh, and we say little, little to no because uh, we want to cover those people who are uh, what we call grey sexual or demisexual who do experience a little bit of sexual attraction, but they're still kind of in the spectrum of asexual people. Uh, so we say little to no sexual attraction. Right. Okay. And, and so people often get confused by describing something as a spectrum. Yeah. Can you sort of elaborate on what exactly is encompassed, how far that yeah. spectrum reaches? So asexuality, um, and, and it is confusing because when we say asexuality, we sometimes mean the specific sexuality and we sometimes mean the whole spectrum. But when we say the specific sexuality of asexuality, that is experiencing no sexual attraction at all. So never look at a person and feel the urge to have sex with them or feel what I understand is a feeling within the body that sexual is what sexual attraction can be. Um, you know, that kind of sexual urge towards them. It's a physical kind of feeling in my understanding. Never feel that ever. 
Um, but there's also a, a, a spectrum of identities that are close to asexual but are not never ever. So um, one of the most common is demisexual, uh, which is a person who can only feel sexual attraction when they already have a close emotional bond with a person. And people get this confused a lot because they say, oh, well, you know, lots of people don't have sex until they're already close. But it's not about when you have sex. It's not about the behavior. It's when you actually feel sexual attraction. So a demisexual person is never attracted to, say, a movie star or, um, you know, has never felt that sense after seeing someone across a room. They, have, they can only feel that attraction when they already know somebody very well, uh, you know, regardless of what their behaviour is. And that is not something that is you know, normal or common. Um, it's, it's definitely a, something that is closer to asexuality than it is to the, um, I guess, usual experience that people have. The, the more common, yeah, we, we don't like using the word normal because that's a bit outdated, isn't it? We're, we're the, everyone, yeah, yeah. Everyone's... usual. Yeah. Usual is the word I would go for. Fantastic. Yeah. But people often feel like, you know, demisexual people, uh, they're kind of slut-shaming everybody else. No, it's not about behaviour. It's not about when you have sex with other people. It's about actually feeling that attraction. And demisexual people cannot feel that attraction unless they already feel a close emotional bond to somebody. And which is not to say that they're always going to feel sexual attraction after they've developed a close, close emotional bond. Um, same as, you know, a heterosexual person isn't attracted to every person that is of the other sex that they're attracted to. Okay. And the other most common identity is grey asexual or grey A, which is sort of a, a person who feels like they are not quite asexual. It's, they don't quite identify with that, but they also feel as though identifying as um, you know, any other sexuality isn't quite right. So I've known a person who has only ever been sexually attracted to their husband and never anybody else. So they feel like they couldn't really say that they were heterosexual because that's not really an experience that they feel a connection to. They can't identify with heterosexual people. Uh, but at the same time, they didn't want to say they're asexual because they, they do know what sexual attraction feels like. So they call themselves grey ace because they're kind of in that grey area. Or uh, another example I know is a person who only ever feels sexual attraction when they're drunk. Um, so they, they're they in that sort of grey space where they're, they're not uh, what we call allosexual or not asexual, uh, but they're also not quite asexual. So they're, they're putting themselves in that grey area, which is what grey asexual means, literally in the grey area. Uh, so those are the three most common, uh, demisexual, grey sexual and asexual. But there are also lots of uh, what we call micro-labels, quite small uh, identities that people have that also fit under the umbrella. Um, so they're all within this very big spectrum. Um, and, you know, a, a micro-label might be something like uh, a posisexual, which is something I identify with. A posisexual is uh, you're asexual, but also you are actively repulsed by the concept of sex and that's a part of who, your identity and yes asexual would also describe me but a posisexual describes my personal experience and having that micro label just allows me to find other people who 
have that exact same experience as me and who I can identify with and, you know, talk to about that. So those micro labels kind of just allow you to, I guess, define yourself a little bit more exactly. Uh, but, you know, I would just use asexual in general because it's it's less specific and just a bit more commonly known, I guess, a bit easier. You don't have to educate people along the way. I mean, I do have to educate people about what <laughs> asexuality is all the time, but I guess it's kind of we use these these big ones, we use kind of in the world in general, and then within our community we, we might have these much smaller labels that we can use to identify with one another. And then there's the kind of like, yeah. difference with between the sexual attraction and the romantic orientation. Yes. So uh, within the asexual community, uh, we most, but not all asexual attra- asexual people, uh, we use something called the split attraction model. And I think the split attraction model is something that anybody can use. And I have known uh, other queer people to hear about it and say, oh, wow, okay, this works for me too. Uh, so the split attraction model uh, sort of divides attraction up into different kinds of attraction. So there's sexual attraction, which everybody understands but there's also romantic attraction so i guess romantic attraction is feeling whatever it is that you feel is romantic towards a person so for me if i can see myself with the other person uh and you know we're in the park with our adorable child and our dog um and uh you know we're having a picnic that's how i kind of see a romantic attraction if i can have envision that future for us i'm romantically attracted to a person uh so that's romantic attraction for other people if they you know they want to kiss that person but they don't want to have sex with them they they kind of see a distinction there mm. that that's that's romantic attraction for those people so romantic attraction is kind of somewhat subjective uh, but there's also other kinds of attraction, like uh, aesthetic attraction. Uh, so kind of a desire, t- uh, an attraction to the way a person looks. So I personally identify as pomo aesthetic because sometimes I have the urge to just stare at women because they're just, they look so nice. But I don't have any urge to do anything sexually or physically. I just like, they're so pretty. But I've never had that feeling towards a man ever only ever been women right and there's there's other kinds of attraction as well we talk about sensual attraction um alterous attraction so we we split it up into many different kinds but what we usually talk about is uh sexual attraction and romantic attraction because those are the ones really that i guess are the most useful in terms of telling a person what kind of relationship you might be interested in so i say that i am bi-romantic asexual because when i introduce myself as that that's kind of, I guess, useful in, in telling you what kind of person I may be interested in dating. Uh, you know, I, I'm asexual, so my relationship is possibly not going to have a sexual element, although, you know, it could. You'd need to ask me more to find out about that. But you know that I'm romantically interested in both men and women and maybe non-binary people. There's so many sub categories or sub so many nuances yeah i'm fascinated and we need to take a short break and we're going to continue this fascinating conversation with kate wood from australia asexuals on bay fm 100.3 
Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Welcome back to the program. You're on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3. And tonight we are talking about the asexual identity. And we are thrilled to have Kate Wood from Australia Asexuals on the phone to continue that conversation. Thanks for joining us again, Kate. And I guess one of the parts of this I'm trying to get my head around is societal expectations in for, you know basically showing all children see you know mums and dads having kids on TV how does that play in with people developing and realizing that they have an identity that is asexual yeah so it's it's very difficult uh, I guess growing up as an asexual person, um, especially when when you don't know the word. I mean, you can't you can't be what you can't see. Uh, the, yes. That expression, um, and I th- it's getting better now. Uh, you know, in my research, you know, the, kind of the younger the survey uh, respondent is, um, the the younger they realise that they were asexual. So, you know, when I asked them their age and then I also asked them, what age did you realise you were asexual? The younger they are, the younger their answer to that question. Whereas uh, the older respondents, they realised at a much older age. Uh, so, obviously, the, the, you know, the younger kids now, they're, they're aware of the word and they're able to identify much younger than... I guess people of my generation. I'm I'm 36 um, and older than me. You know, we didn't. We just didn't have the word. We didn't have the language. Uh, I didn't realise until I was was I 25, 26, something like that. Uh, so I just in my teens, I just had no way of articulating what I was experiencing. Absolutely nothing at all. Um, there was nothing on TV. I never heard the word asexual. I just ha- had a vague understanding that I was not experiencing the world in the same way as all my friends. Uh, but I certainly just could not have described why I was different. And my friends all understood that I was experiencing the world in a different way to them. And the only way they could describe that was with unkind words, oh. you know, freak, that kind of thing, weirdo. You know, there was no, there, there was simply no language for being asexual. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why we're doing the program because, yes, it is part of the... We like to refer to it as the rainbow initialism, the LGBTQIAP+. And we've looked at a lot of the other initials, but we really wanted to just spend an entire program talking about and giving the spotlight to people who identify as asexual because even, I would say, 11 years ago... I didn't know what it meant. Um, I had friends that were not into sex and almost to the point of repulsion as a word that you used before. They were just not into it. But now that I know these words, I have more of an understanding and I just wish I knew this information when I was having that conversation with someone so many years ago. So, look, if it helps just that little bit, I think it might just ease the conversation with more people in the future. 
yeah, and that's really what uh, we are working towards as an organisation is just improving that awareness, not only for asexual people, but also for people who are not asexual because they need to have that awareness. And, you know, the work I do finds that, um, you know, there's not enough awareness in, say, the medical community. Uh, the treatment that asexual people get, you know, when they go to a doctor uh, is really not not great. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of uh, doctors not understanding what asexuality is, so they're trying to fix a problem that isn't a problem. You know, there's um, friends not accepting asexuality for what it is, so they're trying to, uh, I guess, uh, you know, it's a very common experience for people to receive a lot of bullying or um, harmful attitudes from friends and family who are trying to fix a problem that isn't a problem. Uh, you know, and people who were saying people aren't experiencing distress because they're asexual, they're experiencing distress because of the attitudes of other people towards their asexuality. And uh, once you find yourself uh, with supportive friends, supportive family, when you're in a stable situation like myself where you know, your friends support you, your family supports you, you've eliminated all medical professionals who don't support you and found yourself ones that do. Um, I'm I'm very happy being asexual now. I, I'm not experiencing any distress from it. It's not causing me any problems because all of the external forces telling me not to be asexual I have removed from my life. That's fantastic to uh, hear you've been able to evolve in that way past all that negativity. Now, you sort of triggered me something there with when you're talking about the doctors, because the actual term asexual, it sounds very medical and it sounds like it's also describing single-celled organisms. How yeah. how did that term... Did, obviously, that's not the asexual community going, oh, this is what we are. It sort of sounds like it's been a medical term imposed upon you. How does that work with people embracing that term? Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 very common the whole um, comparison to plants, comparison to amoebas, comparison to um, worms. Um, you know, and in, in it's a it's a real problem, um, and it's it's not just in English; in many languages, uh, you know, even in Portuguese, where. Uh, the words, there's two different words, you know, asexual reproduction like in single-celled organisms and asexual desexuality. Those are two different words, and yet in Portuguese people will deliberately use the wrong word. Oh. So I don't know that, you know, the problem is necessarily, you know, just because it's the same word. I think, you know, um, arsehole's going to arsehole, basically. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the words are in, in no way related, I guess. It's just that, um, you know, sex, it's, it's sexual has two meanings and A is the appropriate prefix, prefix in both cases. And that's why they're the same word. Um, and people have a real problem with it. You know, you, I get, you get a lot of people saying, um, oh, you know, asexual, that's not what it means. You can't just make words up. Um, you know, you've... you've you're using the wrong meaning. Well, first of all, actually, you can just make words up. That's how words are created. <laughs> Every word ever has just been made up. Great point. And secondly, point. you know, biannual can mean both every two years and twice a year. Then asexual can mean both 
asexually reproducing and it can be a sexuality as well. Um, that's pretty much the answer that I have for anyone who says that, you know, we can't use this word. It's just, that's the most appropriate word. What else are you going to use for a sexuality that isn't attracted to mm. anyone at all? A is just the appropriate prefix. Fantastic. I think I cleared it up in my head. Now, back to you and your experience. How did you go from being in your 20s, realising that you were asexual, to being the head of the research at the Australian Asexuals? Well, that's a that's a interesting story. Um, so I first started volunteering with uh, my local group, which is ACT Aces. Uh, there are... There are local groups in pretty much every state and territory except the Northern Territory. Uh, if you're from the Northern Territory and you want to start a group, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. I was working with a group in the ACT, and we wanted to talk about my experiences with corrective sexual assault, which I was a victim of in my teens. We were worried that, you know, there would be the response of, oh, well, that's just your personal experience. It's not very common. It doesn't happen to many people. And we knew that wasn't the case anecdotally, but we wanted to have some some form of defence, some form of proof that we could use. So we decided to put out a survey, you know, just so that we could get some idea, um, you know, and have some numbers. And we we buried that question kind of among a whole bunch of other questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, we expected, oh, you know, like a couple of hundred people, like if we're lucky, maybe we'll answer this survey. Um, but it went wild and it had 1,600 responses from all over the world. Wow. You know, we didn't expect it to go international, but it did. And it got to 1,600 when I said, you guys, we have to turn the survey off because I'd, I don't have the time to, you know, edit to put together more than this, more than this. So mm-hmm. we did that and, um, you know, I, I, I did that survey and put together the results and we, w- we were shocked. The answer to how many people have had the same experience as me was higher than we expected. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I put that survey together and I started working with Australian asexuals. So I started working with a national group now as well as the, my local group. And, you know, we've put out another survey. Um, This one is a survey that specifically is looking at hate crimes, violence, you know, going into more detail. Uh, So now I'm director of research and I'm always looking into research, reading the research done by other organisations. But uh, the work that I'm doing into violence specifically, there's not a lot of work that's being done on that. No there's really not much research into asexuality and violence. It's just not... I mean, research into asexuality at all is actually quite new. It's a very new field. Not, not a lot of people working in it. Kind of, you know, we all know each other personally. That's how few people are actually, you know, look in, in this field at the moment. And there's just... There's no funding for it. So it's, it's a difficult thing to be studying. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's difficult to work, and it's not taken seriously. Uh, there's, there's a recent story of uh, somebody who tried to do a study into um, stereotypes about asexual people, mm-hmm. and they tried to submit it to a, a peer-reviewed journal, 
And the journal came back and said, no, because these stereotypes, these, these are things that are true. So it's not a valid paper. Oh, oh that's a bit gay, isn't it? It's not, not the response you want when you're trying to get peer-reviewed. Paper. Yeah, yeah. So, they said, so they said, we can't, we can't publish this because this is, these things aren't stereotypes. These are things that are true about asexual people. And, I mean, that's just... We're talking about, you know, things like, you know, asexual people have um, less, uh, you know, a, a, have less emotional connection and um, right. asexual people are cold and that, that kind of stereotype. It's really disturbing that a peer-reviewed journal would say that all oh, these things are true so we can't publish it. It's very disturbing. Yeah. I mean, studies, uh, another study found that, um, you know, they, they got students to, to rate kind of who they had empathy for and people had less empathy in general for asexual people. They found asexual people to be, I guess, less human in the study than um, the heterosexual, homosexual or bisexual people because people find asexuality to be odd and disturbing because asexual people don't feel sexual attraction and how can how can you be normal? And we do live in a very uh, sexed up world where everything's very, you know, advertising and media and everything. Oh. It's, it's, yeah, it's everywhere. So it, I, I get that people wouldn't be able to you know, cl- click to that um, idea straight away. But, you know, we've done a little bit of research and I really feel the the struggle. Mm. Yeah, people can't just can't wrap their head around how you could not experience sexual attraction. So you must be in some way uh, not human. It's a basic human drive. And if you don't have it, there must be something less than human about you. And that's very much in portrayals that you see. If asexual people are portrayed in the media that kind of robotic or alien mm-hmm. um, or, 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 you're, or they're a sociopath is the other possible. Um, or they're just in some way very weird kind of most asexual people are like, don't talk to me about Sheldon. <laughs> that, uh, that kind of, big bang um, theory of it all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I mean, he, I guess he's at least not a negative character, but um most asexual people still don't don't love that as a betrayal. We we love Todd from BoJack Horseman. I don't um, know that. Oh, he's he's a great character because he can't he has a journey of realizing he's asexual during the story. So he he realizes he's asexual. He comes out. He you know he has dating experiences as a asexual person with a but who still has romantic identity so he, he has all these experience like he's a really strange man but being asexual is not what makes him strange you know he's yeah. weird um you know being asexual isn't the main part of his story he's just a man who happens to be asexual that has all kinds of other experiences and you know it being a and a cartoon for adults you know it has all kinds of bizarre storylines and mm-hmm. his is always the most bizarre but the fact that he's asexual is not the main plot point it's not his main journey um it's just a part of the character that is not the main part of the character and that's a really 
good portrayal to kind of have the asexuality be part of who he is, but it's not the main part of who he is. It's not his whole identity. Not the defining character trait. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a very he's a very nice man. He's a very kind man. He's got a lot of empathy. Um, he's a very good person. Um, he's never betrayed as cold or, you know, robotic. Uh, robotic, yeah. So he's 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 a great portrayal. He's certainly my favourite asexual. Um, I guess fictional asexual. No, oh, he's one of the the few um, stated asexual characters. Uh, you know, we have to make make it up a lot. We have to headcanon it a lot because we're really very starved for characters who are blatantly stated to be asexual. Well, it was actually from a TV show that I got the idea that we should do this program. Um, it was the Legends of Tomorrow, DC yeah. Legends. And there was two characters who sort of um, went off and had this... I was going to put in a lesbian storyline here. What's going on? And these two characters went off and one of them went, you yeah, know, I'm not really attracted to anyone. And then the other one went, that's called Ace. And it was just this beautiful little moment... Mm-hmm. And it wasn't forced. It wasn't overdone. It wasn't mm. detracting. And and I went, that's such a beautiful way to just sort of give that visibility there. And I went, we really need to do a program about. And that particular character always thought she was just broken because she didn't have a sexual attraction to anyone. And it was this wonderful moment where she, two characters were, you know, even though the person who knew about asexuality wasn't asexual she was informing this other person like well this is what you might be and that's great if you're that and it's all about self-discovery and self-identity and it was such a great scene to see on television and i think we will be playing that clip uh coming up very shortly Mm -hmm. um so i would recommend that one and (laughs) even though it is only um probably a 90 second scene and it's never really brought up again in the show but it's, that's not her main character sort of drive. Um, so it was just a very interesting little scene. And um, that was DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So if you do want to have a look at that, um, I would highly recommend it. The use of broken is so authentic. When, you know, we asked people in, in our previous survey to kind of describe uh, what, what orientation they identified with before they realised they were asexual. Uh, I think we had, you know, we had these options, you know, homosexual, heterosexual, whatever, and I think we had so many write-ins that were some variation of broken, of broken, so broken, weird, straight but doing it wrong, um, things, you know, words like that. There was, I think, for 1,600 people, you know, it wasn't many, but it was something like, 17, you know, just a lot Mm. of people who had used the same words, broken, things like that. Yeah. By coincidence, they'd chosen that word, broken. So it's obviously a feeling that they had that they just weren't fitting into society and they were abnormal in some way because that's, they weren't seen, they weren't, they didn't know that there were other people like them out there. Yeah, yeah. And when it's such a small percentage of the population, it really is very hard to... You're, not, you're very unlikely to see it in your personal social circle. You're very unlikely to see it in the media. So really, unless you go online and Google it, yeah, you're very unlikely to be finding somebody like yourself. And what did people do before the internet? 
Did they just live well, their yeah, life we, thinking that they were broken? That's what I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to take a short break and we will be right back with Kate Wood from Australian Asexuals. You're listening to Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. You're on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations for our very interesting, stimulating conversation on asexuality, the awareness, the spectrum, the all the, the problems faced by asexuals throughout the world. So yes. we're joined by Kate Wood, and we've had a very eye-opening conversation. Um, I guess I want, we don't have much time left with you, Kate, so I, I've got a big question that I want to ask. Well, you've done all this research... You're continuing to do that research. What is your hope and plan for the future for all this research you're doing and, and the goals for asexual awareness in general? Uh, I really, I'm really keen to uh, talk to uh, the organisations that can perhaps do something to help with this. You know, there's a, I'm getting a lot of feedback in the research that uh, medical professionals could be more helpful. So I'm really keen to talk to uh, like medical students, doctors, um, like psychologists and sex therapists, I think could w- would be really great if I could talk to their professional organizations, perhaps, because uh, you know, there's a lot of people who say that their sex therapists could have been more helpful mm. or their um, relationship counselors perhaps didn't know about their sexuality. So um, the relationship advice they were getting was not... I guess asexuality aware. It was heteronormative, so, so they, didn't, yeah, didn't support. Well, yeah, them. well, yeah, it was. You know, they they were getting advice. You know, that they needed to just try and force themselves to have sex, and that is that is not good advice. That is not um, good advice. Yeah, so I, I I would like to get out there and be able to kind of make them make these professionals kind of more asexual aware, um, and talk about how they can give advice that is, I guess, geared, geared more towards an asexual person and how, how they can maybe spot a person who might be asexual and isn't aware that they're asexual because uh, a person can go to their doctor and say, oh, I'm not, ex-, you know, I don't experience sexual attraction and, you know, the doctor's potentially going to diagnose them with um, a condition called um, HSDD, uh, hypersexual uh, desire disorder. But the diagnostic manual says, you know, you shouldn't diagnose this if the person identifies as asexual. But if the person's never heard the word asexual, how can they tell the doctor that they are asexual? Yeah. Yeah. So where we should be at is the doctor should be saying, okay, have you ever experienced sexual attraction? If you've never experienced it before, you know, you're young, you're 20, you've always been like this your whole life. Did you know about asexuality? Have you considered that this might just be your normal? You know, there's nothing wrong with you. We don't need to give you any hormones. Mm. Uh, rather than, you know, going straight for the, oh, you've got a medical condition <laughs> kind of route. Yeah. Uh, perhaps this is normal and you just need to meet other people who are like you <laughs> rather than um, just assume that there's something that is wrong. Yeah, borderline. It's almost... Um dancing on the line of conversion therapy almost it's like oh well no this is how you get a sex drive this is how you know like it's 
There's nothing wrong with being asexual. There's no shame attached to being asexual. And there shouldn't be anyway. No, there shouldn't be. Now, if there is and any... Uh, sorry, yes. therapy is an issue. Conversion therapy is an issue for, for, and for asexual people, particularly in medical community. And, you know, we do have doctors who are even worse. You know, um, we've had stories of, and a lot of stories, of doctors taking an asexual person off their medication because they're no longer experiencing a libido. And the asexual person says, oh, but I've never had a libido. I don't want a libido. I don't need a libido. Mm. And the doctor says, yes, but we're going to take you off these antipsychotics because you need to have a libido. Well, surely me having not being psychotic is more important than having a libido. But, yeah. you know, the doctor feels that that's more important. And that's frightening that, you know, put a libido that a person has never had and doesn't need is being put ahead of their medical care. So mm. really want to get in there and talk to doctors about asexuality and how the importance of, I guess, putting this non-medical condition ahead of whatever medical condition you might think that they have. Yeah. And if there are any medical professionals out there or anyone who runs programs in the medical field, how would you recommend that they get in contact with you so they can be more informed? Uh, they can email us. Our email address, I'm, I'm sure that you'll, you'll put it with your... All the information, uh, yes. Yeah, so they can email us or, you know, they can tweet at us. We would love to hear from anybody mm -hmm. uh, who is interested in learning more. Okay, wonderful. And if you're just discovering asexuality and you're really resonating with what we're talking about this evening, jump on to the Australian Asexuals um, website because you've got links to all the local groups on Facebook on there, which I thought was such a great, um, really clear way of asexual people or people that are under the umbrella of the asexual spectrum can get in contact with one another and converse about their, what they feel and how they feel it. A lot of the local groups, now that COVID's mostly passed, uh, you know, they, they had their local meetups and they, they get together in person, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, they just go for a coffee or whatever and meet up and chat about sometimes being asexual, sometimes they just chat about whatever. That peer support is so important. We've come across that on so many different conversations here on, on Searchlight. Do we have any closing thoughts for the audience uh, today, Kate? I just uh, would say that, you know, being asexual is just, it's just a normal part of the whole spectrum of sexuality and there's nothing wrong or weird about it and also that sexuality is very much fluid and that uh, if if you are asexual now then you are asexual and we welcome any asexual person we don't care if you know you were born asexual if you're asexual because you've experienced some trauma or if you're asexual because you've been on the same medication for 20 years and it's made you asexual because of that, all of that is asexual to us and everybody is welcome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations, Kate. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And... Don't go away. The conversation will continue. We're going to touch on a few more points before... We're done for the evening and we will have the Rainbow Roundup coming up later with everything happening 
around town. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Thanks for joining us this evening on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations for our conversation on asexuality, asexual awareness and all the... And people being ace. Yes, ace in the hole, ace in, ace in the sleeve. Such a great term. Yeah, I'm ace. It's, um, it, it's a beautiful way that language evolves and things change. And that's, I, I can't find out when that started being used, but it's only relatively new from what I can ascertain. The cool kids these days, yeah, they're onto it. it. Well, look, the kids these days really are on it. They're, you know, the, yeah. the youngsters have, have all these terms. They, they know what they are, and it's, it's us, us old people who need, to, um, who need to catch up with it. Well, now I'd really like to talk about representation in the media of mm. asexual people or people that fall under the asexual umbrella. Now, Kate definitely touched on it there. Yeah, and there are some amazing um, examples. However, it's not always been that way. Mm. Even if we look at an extremely progressive TV show like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I, some people just can't help but roll their eyes when you mention Star Trek. However, it has been breaking the mould of what you can show and talk about on television because the beauty of amazing science fiction is the metaphor of it all. Mm. Let's tell you a story about them, but it's actually a story about us. And even since the very beginning of Star Trek, they had... Russian characters and Asian characters and all, you know, yes. melting in together, which was not the done thing. So they've always been, always been pushing the boundaries at Star Trek. Yeah. But when it comes to asexual representation, in the 80s, really, like Star Trek The Next Generation only discussed asexuality, never actually used the word. It was always the, the subtleties of it, yep. Yeah, with the character of Data and his lack of human feelings mm-hmm. making if you wanted to find asexual representation in that character it was very much dehumanized continuously yes. he had it wasn't a lack of sexual attraction it was a lack of all attraction yep. all feelings and all feelings yeah and that made him not human that's why his search was to become more human yes. and actually have and feel things, which mm. is very degrading to the asexual identity. And even they had uh, alien races that were asexual, but again, it made it the other. Mm-hmm. It made it so alien and non-human that people that identified as being asexual, I'm sure probably didn't actually get much out of it Mm. because it was spun in a way that wasn't overly in the best light. No, and it's great to see that things have changed and evolved. Exactly, because now in Star Trek, they're still breaking the mould, they're still leading the way, and now they're doing that with asexuality, Mm. with We've got the latest Star Trek shows having conversations about pronouns, having non-binary characters, and now there's an animated Star Trek show with a um, a character, um, Chief Engineer Andy Billups, which is an out asexual individual. And it is legitimised by spending the time 
having those conversations. And it's an animated show. Mm. It's amazing what TV can do in any medium. And as Kate said, if you can see it, you can be it. And it's not like when Alias was on the air and mm. Jennifer Garner played a female CIA operative and in, um, in real life, the CIA got many, many, many um, women signing up to be uh, part of the CIA or in Top Gun, people wanted to be jet fighters and all of these things. It's not occupation, it's self-identity. Yeah. And that is another layer of something that is so important for representation. And it's just so great to see. I'm so glad that the diversity of representation continues to expand and evolve because I'm sure we can all think of several TV shows where, yes, it's current, yes, it's great, yes, it's award-winning and people love it, but there's very little diversity in the characters. They're just... Most of the plot points revolve around who's having sex with who, who's cheating on who, who's doing... It's all sexual drama. And asexual people just don't really connect with that. So it's just great to see. Interesting storytelling to yeah, mm. break it up. Yeah. And the other character that um, Kate touched on was Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Sheldon Cooper, yes. And again, never outly stated as being asexual or... Mm. Well, there was a lot going on with Sheldon apart from his not talked about mm. asexuality. There was many things M- going much, on. Yeah, much of, a, mm. of an unusual character. But it's sort of the, the, the term that we've come up, uh, come up against with a few times in the research is it's the coding. So it's not, it's a, it's not outright going, this person is asexual. They're using bits, you know, bits of the asexual identity to sort of, or that you know, asexual characteristics through the storytelling to sort of express that that person is asexual and the, you know, the asexual watchers have to sort of, the audience have to sort of put, put themselves in there. But that's mm. not a great example with Sheldon because that wasn't, wasn't portrayed in, in a great light with that concept. No, well, and the thing that I did like about that representation with that character in The Big Bang Theory is that when uh, a, someone apart from his partner was attracted to him and just out of the blue just gave him a kiss on the lips he just quietly excused himself from the room flew across country and proposed to his partner because he didn't want anybody else to kiss him Mm. and that is a form of it falls under the asexual umbrella yeah definitely and look you know that was Mm. again finished a few years ago so it's Things are progressing quite fast in that in that realm. Absolutely, yeah. but it's it's amazing how many um, characters are coded in that way, mm. but never actually spoken about. And it's a shame, but it does happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like gay characters on television uh, back in the day, or the villains, or the. The punchline, yeah, and it, it's it's progressing, and I think that that comes down to people understanding this identity and, and legitimizing it, yeah. knowing that it's real, and actually having people 
be out and proud and in all levels of production from from writing stories producing and you know in all parts of the the film and television industry mm. really help if you have people out and about being being asexual then people are aware yeah. and they know that there's a there are people watching who identify that way and they need to see themselves on TV and as Kate mentioned uh, I think it was Bojack Horseman yep it was uh, the way that they had really great representation on that show is they brought in an asexual consultant mm. into the writer's room and listened to them. It's no point in having this uh, people in the writer's room if they're not listened to, if they're not um, represented properly. And that show even went as far to put an asexual person in a very sexual situation and for the audience flipped the conversation. Mm. It's like, well, this is how asexual people normally watch TV. Uh, and oh, I've got to stop using the word normally. <laughs> and it was just very interesting to see what, once the tables have turned, it's it it's an absurd sort of, Episode because you think, oh, this is really out there. But that's how asexual people see much media. Yeah. And another show that you and I both love, mm -hmm. and it really spawned the conversation this evening, is the television show DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Now, this is a show that has taken the time to develop real characters, real bisexual, lesbian, gay characters that have problems apart from their sexuality. It's not all about their sexuality, but that is an important part of the character. So they mm -hmm. take the time to really develop that to the point where cast members of that show have been to many conventions like Clexicon, which is a convention in Las Vegas for lesbian and non-binary characters. Oh, okay. And controversially, in some realms, they have heterosexual people playing these homosexual or bisexual roles. And yet they're accepted and they are loved because they are real characters. They are written with detail and loss and amazing, beautiful things. And so it's taken seriously. And that's what so few shows actually do. And when the conversation of asexuality was brought up in Legends of Tomorrow, it was done so beautifully that we just looked at each other and went, well, this needs to be played on air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a little setup for this scene. This is from Legends of Tomorrow, where it is a science fiction show. So there is time travel, there is aliens, there is all of these things, and yet they take the time to have these moments Be of very realness. Human and real, yeah. Where two people from the show find themselves in a bar, they've got some time to kill, so naturally they start to play this game. I'll let you listen. I think we have a few minutes before the next train. So, 
Smash, Mary, Kill, <laughs> Nate, Gwyn, Carrie. Um, you know, not, not, not really into any of them. Copy. Okay, how about uh, Sarah, Ava, Astra? Not, not really into any of them either. Also copy. Okay. What is your type? No, I, I don't really get those types of feelings for anyone. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things those mushroom aliens messed up about me, huh? <laughs> hey. No, no, no. What you're describing is, is totally normal. It just means maybe you're ace. Asexual. People who identify as ace have little or no interest in sex, but many of them still want to be in relationships. Uh, uh, I guess that makes me ace. OMG, did you just come up to me? I guess I did. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, first of all. <laughs> Who would have thought you'd be the first person I'd tell? Not me. Okay. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. Uh, yeah, really, just very a very simple conversation and listening and mm. uh, and obviously the the person giving the advice there was from the twenty fifth century, so that didn't that you know, well, that helps science fiction. Yeah, but it's the case of someone assuming they're broken, they're mm. damaged. Because they don't have sexual feelings for any of the men on the team, any of the women on the team. And so they just assume that they are broken in some way. Mm. And so Spooner, who is the asexual character in that show, uh, Zari, who is actually technically from the future, but anyway, details, she knows about asexuality. And so she just lets her know, like, maybe you're ace. And so if this program can inform someone out there, anyone out there, that if they're having a conversation with someone and they are talking to someone who assumes that they're broken because they don't have these sexual feelings, maybe they're just asexual. Maybe you can pass this conversation on to somebody else and make them feel okay and make them feel seen and valid and whole. There's no shame in being asexual or being a part of the asexual spectrum. It's just a part of humanity. And yet so few people know about it. And it's such a shame. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So that's why I love great TV, because it can teach us so much. So much. We can talk about asexual awareness week next or are we gonna oh yeah we can absolutely yeah. talk about that yeah, next fantastic. up so we're going to talk about um asexual awareness week we're going to talk about asexual awareness day and we're going to get to some of the sms messages because there's a lovely conversation thread happening and i want to share it with you all you're on rainbow conversations on bay fm 100.3 Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. You're listening to Searchlight Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3 with Tony T and Jazz. Hey, hey. And uh, before we go into the roundup, I'd just like to dive into some of the beautiful messages that we have received this evening on the SMS line 0468861003. 
right after we did our introduction, Jazz, mm -hmm. one person straight off the bat just sent in, I think I'm grey, grey ace, which, you know, seven minutes into a program, if we can help someone help themselves identify what they're going through, that, brilliant. That's a win. That's a win. And another message regarding uh, Kate Wood. Just yep. going, she's amazing. Please thank her from someone who has been confused but really understands now. That's really beautiful. With just it takes the words out of my mouth mm. because it's you know, as we've both gone through a you know, finding the identity of being a gay man and all of this stuff. When somebody else is in that confusion and we can help in any way, what a gift. What a gift. Yeah, and it's just that's what we're here to do is just educate mm. the the you know the, this changing landscape the the sexual identity landscape is evolving with the language all all these terms that keep changing so it's really beautiful yeah. that we can help spread that and I've got one more go for it another message came through and it said um, that grab from the TV show Legends of Tomorrow was awesome. It's been a brilliant show. So happy I tuned in. It really helped me identify what the heck is going on with me. Oh. How lovely is that? Thank you so much for all of those messages. It means the world to us that we can help in any small way. And now... Well, let's talk about a few few of the, the things that are going on. So with the Rainbow Roundup. Well, before we do the Rainbow Roundup, oh. we want to. Do, I just want to do a, a sort of a recap on the, some dates we haven't talked about yet. So mm -hmm. the Asexual Awareness Week that was founded by Sarah Beth Brooks in 2010, and it takes place from the 24th to the 30th of October every year, and you can head to aceweek.org, A-C-E-W-E-E-K.org for more information on how to get involved. And that's one of the two events. The other one is International Asexual Day, A-I-A-D. And that takes place on the 6th of April every year. And it's a coordinated worldwide campaign promoting the ace umbrella, including demisexual, graysexual, and other ace identities. And the four themes that AID uses is advocacy, celebration, education, and solidarity. Which also spells aces. Oh, I didn't even get that. <laughs> didn't you? No, I didn't. I didn't. It's been, it's been a long really? time. Really? Oh, okay. No, I thought that was... I thought, oh, I like what oh, they've done I with like, that. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And I want to talk about the asexual flag. We haven't mentioned that yet either. Oh, please. So we did put a post up on our Instagram for Searchlight Rainbow, Conver uh, Rainbow Conversations on, yes. on Instagram. And we had a mug of us in front of, in front of the asexual flag. Mm -hmm. So it's four horizontal stripes that are black, grey, white and purple. And that's the, the representation that... Mm. So if you see that flag around, you go... Oh, I think I get that what that is. And there's also a flag for aromanticism and demisexual and and grey and yep. and all the other so all these other different terms that we came up with. Um, well, today. we didn't come up with. Well, them. we we talked about today. So mm. there's there's a lot of different flags. Um, yeah, demi grey, heteroromantic, homoromantic, biromantic, panromantic. There's a lot of different a lot of different representations. So it's really good that people can. 
find their tribe. The Another great resource is AVEN, the Asexual Visibility and Education Network, and their website is asexuality.org, nice and simple. They've got heaps and heaps of stuff to look at. And that Asexuals Australia, or Australian Asexuals, um, I keep getting that the wrong way around, their website is australianasexuals.com. And there's heaps of resources there. And that, uh, australianasexuals.com, that is where they have links to the asexual Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. I believe, in most major cities. Yeah, they've got ACT, Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Melbourne, Northern Territory, Perth, Tasmania, and Western Australia. So, sorry, sorry, Adelaide. Oh, no one in Adelaide. No one in Adelaide. I'm sure there would be some sort of asexuality group something in Adelaide. Well, there's also... Ace in Adelaide. Ace-Alade. Ace-Alade! There's also... There you go, I'll come up with a name for you. Yeah. Um, There's also a few asexual-specific dating sites. Mm. Like there's asexualcupid.com, which is an Australian-based platform for asexual people to, to find connections. Yeah, um, which is interesting because obviously you know, other other platforms don't have that an option, so they've created their own. And again, you don't have to necessarily identify specifically as asexual to be a part of asexual Cupid. Hmm. You can be demisexual. You can be yeah, aromantic. You can come under the asexual umbrella. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's so. If you're wanting to find someone uh, romantically or anything like that, head to those sites. Hmm. See, there's someone for everyone. Every saucepan has its lid. And look, at, you know, check out when you see Mardi Gras and Pride events. Have a look for that, the asexual flags. Have a, have a you know, see the representation there. I think that's interesting to mm. sort of, you know, now that we've learned a bit more, now go and find these people. Uh, another really great resource, um, it's an American guy who I used, uh, I found a lot of really useful information on the terminology today. It's Ace Dad Advice. He's on um, YouTube, Twitter, um, Instagram, all, all the socials. Um, his name's Cody. He was really, really informative. I really liked what he had to say. He's a, he's a, a teacher turned um, ace advocate. So, oh. yeah, really, really good to check him out. Oh, that's so great. I think that's all the content that we need to touch on. I think now it's time for the Rainbow Roundup, Tony. Yes, um, and we already had another SMS come through mm-hmm. saying there's asexual dating apps. What? Like, I'm so thrilled that there's a dating app for asexuals. I am in. <laughs> and we just had a very long message come through, which I will not read live to air because I will get it wrong and I'll, um, I'll have a read while you're going through some of the information about what's happening in the rainbow community around town. Okay, so this Saturday, the 28th of May, is the third annual LGBTQ Domestic Violence Awareness Day. And we did um, talk about this last year when we had an episode on domestic violence right here on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. And they're having it again. So if they're, And they're having a, um, a gala as well for the first time. So it's Light Out the Night Charity Gala. And you're invited to come along for the inaugural Domestic Violence Awareness Foundation Gala Ball. It's an elegant black tie event. The Light at the Night Charity Gala gives you an opportunity to support the cause 
and enjoy a sophisticated evening. It's at Brisbane City Hall on May the 27th, that's this Friday, from 6.30pm to 10.30pm. And you can check out the website, um, dvafoundation.org, and it is going to be hosted by Karen from Finance. Oh, so, the drag queen. The drag queen, yeah. I was thinking, from... we don't have a Karen in finance at Bay FM. What are you talking no, about? Karen from finance. We, yeah. So and that's going on. And the Queen's Ball is coming up on the 25th of June. Yes, that we need to really celebrate because it is the longest running queer awards or event in the world. Yep. And it, and it is. It predates Stonewall. And it is in Queensland. It was running for how many decades whilst uh, homosexuality was illegal? Yeah, it was running underground. and This is... I feel like the Queen's Ball um, needs to be celebrated more internationally because I'm so proud as a Queenslander that this has been in our backyard for so long. And I mentioned it to my mother and she went, oh, yeah, I went one year. My jaw dropped. Yeah, I was there when you had that conversation. I couldn't believe it. Really? Um, so there's anything else around town that's happening, Jazz? That's about it that I've got on the radar at the moment. Okay. Well, um, uh, we did get a message saying, you know, why are we talking about asexuality now when International Asexuality Day was in April and mm-hmm. Awareness Week is in October? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the answer to that is there's never a bad time to shed light on these topics. And we're happy to get the, the conversation happening earlier than the awareness days and awareness weeks. And that way, when, when they go up on podcasts, we can po- post them on social media and get people mm. listening back. And look, you know, there's so many different conversations we can have here. And we always do appreciate, if you've got an idea of a conversation you'd like to hear, if there's something you don't understand about the rainbow community, let us know and we can we can talk about it and find out you know, we we love the research part of this of this uh, program. We mm. get to talk to amazing people, get, watch great TV, and you get in the headspace. You know, go. F- I'm always reading articles, and the um, Kate Wood. I, I read some of her um, report of the survey she did. It's mm-hmm. so in depth, and they're you know talking to all sorts of people, and, and you know collaborating all this all this data and getting all the conclusions. It's and they, they just keep on doing them. So there's, yeah. there's so much information to read, and I do I do enjoy that part of it. So, yeah, let us know. And the research that Kate was doing with all of the surveys and everything, um, when we finished the interview with her, we very much said, you know, when you get the results of this next survey in, we would love to have another conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She was very excited, so... Um, we could not be more thankful to have Kate Wood on the program. She was great. So really Absolutely. appreciate her time. Um, and just this last SMS that has come through, it's a lovely message from Mel. And thanks for the message, Mel. Uh, she said that, thank you for your asexual show tonight. It's very informative and important in this incredibly over-sexualized world. I'm constantly accused of being too friendly and flirty with people when sex is honestly the last thing on my mind. I just believe in treating others the way I want to be treated. And there's nothing wrong with being flirted. Hmm. This is, you know, you can window shop without actually purchasing the pants. 
if that makes sense, for another metaphor. Um, and she continues on to say, it's not about getting into people's pants ever. And as kids, it's not an issue. But when you're an adult, why does the world change to everything being around sex? I don't understand. And it's, thank you so much for the message. And sometimes I think, why is this ad about sunglasses? Why is there, you know, four women on a beach in bikinis? Mm. You know, or, you know, it's about bed sheets. And naturally, it's a pillow fight between, you know, like, yeah, it's yeah. over sexualized to a ridiculous degree. And I really agree with you, Mel. And that's almost. And almost it just doesn't work on asexual people. It that that sexual mm, advertising. Yeah, they're, they're immune to it. Yeah, and I in a very small way I think, oh, wouldn't that be great if like marketing just didn't work? Yeah, I guess it's a double edged sword. They they can't It is. Yeah. But they, they've got to, you know, be true to themselves and live who they are. So I'm I'm really glad we mm. can find out more and yeah. join the dots for people. So Absolutely. And don't forget, as Jasper said, if you do have a, sh- uh, a show idea or if there's something that you would like us to talk about, reach us out to us on our Instagram page, Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. Rainbow Conversations. Thank you. Rainbow Conversations, where you can direct message us. We'd love to hear from you, your ideas, and we can take it from there. But we're not going to know unless you send us a message. So, please feel free. You're more than welcome. And we'll be back the end of next month with another conversation. We haven't locked that in, actually, what we're going to do, but it'll Mm. be something rainbowy and interesting. You guarantee that. We've got several ideas Mm. up our sleeves. It just depends on who we can book in. Yep. People are busy. Yeah. People are busy. At least we've got the federal election out of the way. We can can move forward after that. No more politics. Not at all. Yeah. Politic-free zone. Well... I've been Jazz. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate having you here. I've been Tony. Thank you again. Thank you to Kate Wood from Australian Asexuals. We thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate her having the time for us this evening. Mm. And we will be back next month on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3.